Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 20th of March, 2022. This is a long way up. You shouldn't have built such a tall rocket. <laughs> In about an hour, the view is going to be even better. Yeah. You don't have to do this. You think I'm going to chicken out now? We can wait. Get someone else. <laughs> it's not too late. I think it is. Yes. I suppose it is. <laughs> Nick and Benji. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. Yes. Big finish. We're the multi-award-winning producers of audio drama that people love. Oh, Ooh. in a moment, Benji and I will be chatting about Star. Yeah, and following that, the good review guy this week, it's the Box of Delights. Excuse me. Thank you. Sorry. Delightful. Oh. Then we're off behind the scenes with the latest exciting Torchwood adventure. We travel back into the 1950s with the British space programme with a beautifully subtle tinge of Quatermass as Samuel Barnett stars as Norton Folgate in The Black Knight. Oh, we love to hear it. It's an asteroid about 4,000 feet in length. I've dubbed it... The Black Knight. And following that, accessing the electronic highways of the internet, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Packed with mind nuggets. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, in our also available segment, we leap back in time slightly to talk about our recent Space 1999 release, investigating the episode entitled Earthbound. We must free Moonbase Alpha from the tyranny of John Koenig. Then the randomoid selectortron will be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And it is really random. It is. It's random. It's a random what? thing. It's, it's, it chooses at, yeah. at, at will. And uh, we yes. never quite know what we're going to get. So no, stay, stay glued. If nothing else, it's a huge leap of technology. And to round things off, we tantalise you with a 15-minute drama tease from Torchwood's The Black Knight by Lisbeth Miles. Forgive me if I'm sceptical. I've been watching you for a while, Professor Lynn Sharman. And I'm happy to prove myself. Let me arrange that launch. So, um, I've been allegedly on leave, but mm. I've taken time off leave to do the podcast because you can't stop doing the you podcast. You can't, you have to keep going. Never. It's it's, it's yeah. one of the few constants in our life, isn't it, really? Yeah. So I've been having days out. And one of the days I went to a place which is quite near where I live. Well, within a 40-minute drive. Is that near? I'd you say, decide? I mean, I wouldn't say it's near. I would say it's not far. But I wouldn't oh. say it's near, you know? It's not far. Yeah. Well, it's a place called Durdledore, which is uh, an amazing... It's a bit of beach, and there's a um, sort of this amazing rock formation that's like an arch in the water. It's really quite... Durdledore. I've, I've just it put it... Yeah, I'm just have, scoping it out. The wonder... Oh, that beautiful archway. Yes, yes, yes. That's been okay. in a few things. You see it now and again, don't you? Beautiful. Yeah, it must be a yeah, great location. For filming and stuff um i uh and it was i was off season so it was a lovely it was a bright a very bright day but um but cold i had to have my hat and my hood up <laughs> my hat and my hood yeah yeah um anyway i just thought i'd tell you that it was just an experience i also went to lyme regis and uh, as a friend of mine uh, paul verhoven from australia said to me 
when I described what I did there, he said basically you went along the coast and ate your way through a town. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, well, I had a very nice breakfast and then I had a walk around and uh, then I had a very nice lunch. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that... And then I bought some fudge to bring back for my wife. See, that could be a good... Who's not on holiday. A good sort of documentary series, a travel, a travelogue, you know. I eat my way around the country. You just have to never stop. You have to have breakfast in one place, dinner in another, you know, lunch in another, and then dinner. And, and at the start of the series, it's done old-fashioned uh, aspect ratio, and by the end of it, it's cinemascope <laughs> because I'm so wide, I can't, can't fit on the screen anymore. Well, funny yeah. enough, me and my me and my friend Tom, we did we did once want to do a show called The Great British Breakfast because oh, he, yeah. he drives a he drives a big white van, and you know, and he's he's a tradesman. And I said, oh, I, and you know, all the stereotypes of all that. I said, oh, so wouldn't it be great to just great, you know, go around the country sampling the great filling this breakfast and seeing oh, yeah, yeah. and seeing you know which uh, seeing which place what the variety of breakfast is and which yeah. places do it best and then i thought that'd be a good tv series you know and then the last venue is a hospital where you have to go because you've, you've had a eaten. heart attack well the thing i was going to say is that we eat the breakfast in the morning then yes, every day in the funny, every day in the radical. town we have to we have to do some kind of different fitness activity local base to, to, to try off. and burn off the equivalent of that breakfast i thought that would be quite a fun it's so difficult, though, to actually burn off it is. Na- naughty food. I mean, I've, apparently it takes uh, like 20 minutes, a 20-minute run to burn off the effects of a small packet of crisps. Yes, it is. So you imagine how long... You probably have to run for a whole week in order to burn off a breakfast, wouldn't you? The key to, to losing weight, it, obviously fitness is important, but the main key is... <laughs> Not to eat so much, so I've discovered in my 60 years of existence on this planet. Yes, that is my wisdom for you folks. Don't eat so much is the thing. Is that outrageous to say? Well, I mean, I suppose it's just science, isn't it, really? Don't eat so much, you know. That little corner of the supermarket where they sell you for one pound some enormous amount of fat and sugar. Like yum-yums, which are very nice, but you you look at them, sugar-coated things, you think... Mm. Pe- pecan rat Pe- you know yeah so cheap to get fat um <laughs> terrible terrible it's our our, our overpacked uh, society fills us with food but and i tell you what, what we feel better when we eat do we? we always say i feel so much better when i've had something to eat even well, if i'm not it's, hungry it's, it's the sugar rush isn't it as well when you have something yes, nice your yes. blood sugar goes up you feel rocking you know and i tell you if you do feel rocking now just talking about this i can tell you about yes. something else that's rocking and that's Rock. the ninth doctor adventures it's the oh, second yeah. series it's back to earth and you can you can find out more details about that at bigfinish.com yeah, i saw some of the, it. i saw some of the photos today everybody looks nice and jolly behind the scenes <laughs> which is nice well it'd be awful if they were all just looking bored and fed up <laughs> oh, not more nice dogs for another one of these say. no no they've they've been recording for quite a while and yeah the second series amazing it's amazing stuff, how so. time flies though isn't it how it feels mm. it feels like yesterday that we we announced all this and when i say announced it it was still kind of all being put together and, and it's so yeah. mad to think we're on the second series we've actually we've actually overtaken you know the original night doctor series but it was one series of of night doctor technically we've we've surpassed that probably not in the amount of episodes but, but I don't, maybe we have no, I mean, I think he did 13 episodes, didn't he? And, and how many TV? have we done so far? 12. Oh, oh, oh. 
interesting um okay still pretty great though but no very excited for that one it's not a race (laughs) no no slow down slow down slow down no it's very exciting Mm. and we'll see what some uh some other people think of another release uh, in a bit it's time now for the good review guide where we find the latest positive comments about big finish productions to help recommend them for you And as promised, this week we're looking at the box of delights. It's delightful. Oh. Tickets, please. Have your tickets ready. There you are. Ah, thank you, young sir. Tickets, please. Kay! Kay, over here. Caroline Louisa. Excuse me. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, hello, you. Oh, did you have an eventful journey? I nearly saw a murderer at Tatchester. He was trying to disguise himself as a duchess. Okay, honestly. Jim? After K, have you grown? Hello, Jim. It's good to be back. Book learning seems to suit me. I'll take your bags, Master K. Thank you. I say. What is it, K? My purse. It's gone. Oh, no. When did you last have it? On the train. I must have dropped it or... That's odd. Just go to bigfinish.com and type delights into the search pane at the top to transport yourself to a magical Christmassy adventure. (laughs) The wolves are running. They are running indeed. Well, not always. Sometimes they get the bus. Um... That's my dog barking there. Is it because I made the... No, because I think there's somebody at the door, but... Oh, I thought I set your dog off. She's going bananas. How funny. Um, the well, banana dog. The banana dog. Uh, well, Yellow first up... Bendy. <laughs> um, first up is um, setthetape.com. Um, <laughs> says, uh, this is old-fashioned, perfect Christmas fair. A spiffing world of adventures had by young people with received pronunciation <laughs> between sumptuous meals of potted meat sandwiches Ooh. and pop. Local bobbies, crisp snow, and parcels wrapped with brown paper and string. It's a joy to visit, mm. and we're reluctant to leave. Come back. Edwards has presented us with a version that is true to the spirit of the book, respects and builds on adaptations past, and conjures joyful memories and wishes for Christmases long gone. What a lovely review that is, isn't it? It is, but he only gives it four stars. No, that's a swear word. I think I think oh. must have stubbed their Bums. toe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. They always do that. See, they love the reviews so much. They really get into it that they just take leave of their senses and get up and trip over or something. It happens I a think, lot. Yeah, yeah. Everyone will be relieved to know that I've not got my little synthesizer to do review noises. You've got that um, Party 7 glass you're drinking from, and I can't find mine. I suddenly thought, there there it is. (laughs) It's gone through the screen. (laughs) I've got my 60th birthday glass. Oh, well, that's good enough, isn't it? So anyway, set the tape. I'll give you 10 out of 5 for that. Um, SF Crow's Nest says uh, if you're driving home for Christmas it's perfect for your journey but if you're on the train just watch out for those fake clergymen and their card tricks (laughs) yeah well that's a lovely little uh, 
teaser of a review there. It's uh, The thing about the Box of Delights is that you can listen to it any time of year, he said like a dodgy salesman. But you really can. Because <laughs> it, just, it just transports you. And Barnaby Edwards, who was in the aforementioned review uh, referred to as Edwards, uh, Barnaby Edwards, um, you know, has done a, an amazing job of directing on it. And he also did a lot of work on the script as well. So he's just an all-round genius. Uh, the SF Crow's Nest review, I'm going to give that 7 out of 0. 0.13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a solid a solid number there. Uh, in the snowy waste of Twitter, uh, Martang66 says, um, A little late, I listened to the end of the Box of Delights from Big Finish. Delightful. Oh. Perfect oh. casting and gorgeous sound design. Yes, yeah. Let's see, who did the sound design on that one? Oh, um, who was it? I always like to shout out to the soundies. Yeah. Um, the sound design for Box of Delights. Big finish. I think Joe Kramer did the music. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Let's have the, Here we go. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the page almost now. Almost certain. In fact, I am certain, as uh, William Hartnell will say. Uh, music by Joe Kramer. There is uh, sound design by Steve Foxen. There we go. Ah, Solid. We, we of job. course, of course. Um, yes, uh, fingers tightly crossed for the Midnight Folk next Christmas. Mark oh. Bonnar would be perfect for Rollicum Bitem. Rollicum Bitem sounds a bit vicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be sounds nice like to that do dog that. I met the other day. Uh, dear, dear. We won't repeat what the dog did to Benji. No. Um, no. At Damien underscore Whittle says, I honestly think The Box of Delights is one of the best things Big Finish has ever done, or have ever done. Um, thank you very much, Damien Whittle. Um, uh, 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 what? 10 out of 10 I'll give you for that. Nice cop out there from Nick. <laughs> Just going for, for, for conventional review standards. Uh, Vinyl Librarian says, Oh my, Big Finish's new adaptation of The Box of Delights is glorious. Derek Jacobi and Mark Gatiss head an all-star cast, making this essential Christmas listening. Oh, well done. Beautiful. Five out of five. Uh, at Blue Box 99, I wanted to say thank you to Big Finish and Barnaby Edwards for the Box of Delights. I really think it's a beautiful order. It's, it's like I wanted to say thank you, but I'm afraid I can't <laughs> um, because I, I just can't compliment people. I really think it's a beautiful audio adaptation of the story. It has also been made with so much love by all the cast and crew, and I hope it gets recognised in the audio awards. It's truly magical. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, that blue box. 99. 99. I'll give you 99 out of 92 for that. Overshooting straight away there. Well done. Right over. <laughs> I love that when we go into into the realms beyond what's the actual confines of a review. The realms beyond. Maybe that's what we should call this section. The good review guide in the realms beyond. That's rather nice, isn't it? I like that. We'll have yes, that. that. We'll makes, have that. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, Sean OCX here says, if you're looking for some light in all this dark, the Box of Delights adaptation by Barnaby Edwards on Big Finish is effing glorious. Uh, been listening today, and it has helped so much with all the doom magic. Well, uh, I can agree. Sh Sean, I, the only thing is, I can't give you 10 out of 10 because you said effing, uh, and we don't tolerate bad language. <laughs> 
<laughs> you did spell it E-F-F-I-N-G, but nine out of ten. Thank you. Uh, Michael R. Coulson. I'm not being serious, just in case you thought I was. Uh, Michael R. Coulson says, I've finished the box of delights from Big Finish. Oh, two finishes. And it certainly was full of delights. Well worth the wait. Did they have to wait? Well, how long yeah, have you been waiting? That's a good point. Good point. Actually. It might be my favourite big finish production of the year! Exclamation mark! Such a warm, fun, and exciting adventure, and every member of the cast played their roles beautifully. It's nice when that happens. I think it mostly happens. That's lovely. That's eleven out of um, two point three. 2.3 11 out of 2.3 just amuses it. me he's, he's done it again he's done it, he's uh, done it again what I don't know I don't, I don't know don't, 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 who knows uh, Stans Fulshaw or Stannis Fulshaw uh, on Twitter who knows who knows, uh, who knows? yes uh, those of you who know uh, who know me well are sorry I just wanted to say no since we said <laughs> who knows those of you who know me well are aware that my favourite book is The Box of Delights by oh. John Macefield yes uh, Big Finish have just released a new audio adaptation which is wonderful oh. I couldn't wait until Christmas to listen highly recommended five stars oh. five stars well done and the fact that it is your favourite book and you loved it makes that huge praise indeed Stannis Fulshaw um, so I give you uh, five out of one uh, that's it for the reviews this week next time we'll be talking about the Doctor Who audio novel Scourge of the Cybermen performed by John Coleshaw and set during the final season of the third Doctor Adventures love it Still to come on the podcast, of course, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and our also available segment featuring Earthbound, an episode from our recently released Space 1999 box set. Nice. Nicely done, Benji, considering I'd mistyped that bit of script. But first, let us start behind the scenes with Torchwood, the Black Knight, released this week. It's an asteroid, about 4,000 feet in length. I've dubbed it... The Black Knight. The Black Knight. I'm Samuel Barnett, and I'm playing Norton Folgate. Pleased to meet you. Hello, my name's Jacob Dudman, and I'm playing Squadron Leader Freddie Talbot. Hello, I'm Scott Hancock, and the director of Tortured the Black Knight. I am Safia Ingar, and I'm playing Professor Lynn Sharman. Well, I have no objection to a woman having a university education. Do I like Lynn? Love her! Gotta love, gotta love a strong, determined professional who knows exactly what they're doing and doesn't take any nonsense from anyone and just will do anything to prove that, you know, they're worthy of being there because it's something that every, you know, woman and female presenting person needs to do. Can I just ask, uh, as an addendum to that, with it being set in the 1950s, do you think things have moved on significantly from the way women or female presenting people are treated? No. It's unfortunate, but no. Um, I feel like it's a lot more... I won't even say subtle, but it's a lot less... Um, accepted, I guess? So a lot of things more backhanded. But I I don't know any um, woman or female presenting or identifying person who hasn't been subjected to some form of, like, offhanded comments about their work, professional discrimination, any sort of, like, undermining of, like, things that they're more than qualified enough for 
even, you know, just in regular life when they're meeting mm. people who feel like they can explain their jobs to them. And it's like, no, I'm very, very qualified. So, yeah, I don't think it's changed very much, which is incredibly unfortunate. Always a pleasure, Miss Sharman. Professor Sharman. You don't have to do this. You think I'm going to chicken out now? We can wait. Get someone else. <laughs> it's not too late. I think it is. Jay, you've got the interesting thing where Freddie is a dick. Yes. I've gone over every one of my calculations. They're flawless. It's all about your reputation. This wasn't my fault. Yeah, I think Freddie's a dick. Um, he's he's one of those um, sort of uh, wants to live in ignorant bliss and I think uh, thinks he knows it all and the world's just fine the way it used to be with the British Empire and um, people are coming along and ruining his fun and his his uh, privilege and his life. We won the war and lost our seat at the top table because of people like you. Gosh, Freddie. Gosh. Yeah, but he's very dedicated to his queen and country, which I suppose is something to admire, I guess. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> but um, it's a lot of fun to play. It's a lot of fun to play um, because he, there's something quite comical about him. He, he's so serious in what he believes. I think there's something quite funny about that. And actually what's quite nice is no one is no one is only one thing. So mm. even Freddie, I think, has many redeeming qualities. And he is brave and he is crazy and he has conviction. It's just that Oh, for sure. He's yeah. probably on the wrong side. Yeah, of he's not comic here. relief or any no. sort of bit, you know, he's not only a bigoted character no. to put in there to go, oh, look how wrong That's, he that is. That is what's quite there nice. Is, yeah. It's like but he's so loyal. He he's so loyal to Lynn as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the most annoying things is that Freddie is right about Norton. Oh yeah. Here comes Freddie. He doesn't like me. Yeah. He got the bad vibes from the beginning, and I was like, no, I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. And it that's I think that's what makes the the end so heartbreaking because she does like really trust him and put everything into him and and that's why she asks his opinion so much like I, I have faith in you I trust you you can say the right thing You're like tell me I, I have appreciate your opinion and like for her to ask a man when she's been undermined by men throughout this entire thing like for his opinion I feel like that's a big thing too like she's actually going no like even as a man, I trust you enough to go, what is your opinion? I know you're not going to undermine me. You're not going to undercut me. What do you think, Norton? It's your theory. But I'd love to know what you think, because I bet you've got an answer. Do you think the Black Knight is there to keep the Earth safe or to keep everyone safe from the Earth? It's definitely rooted in historical fact, the idea of this Black Knight satellite, but people not knowing quite what it mm. is. Oh, wow. or... But that's great as a concept, because it leaves you to believe in whichever side you want to believe in is it there to keep people out or to keep us in like caged animals hi i'm elizabeth miles and i'm the writer of the black knight i want britain to win the space race britain has to so the the 1950s was when the british space program started um we did a lot of work with uh with nasa uh we made satellites nasa took them up on their rockets um we uh, developed our own rocket eventually uh, called the Black Arrow um, and it uh, had two test launches uh, one unsuccessful launch to take a payload into low earth orbit and one successful launch and uh, that was that was the end of the British space program then uh, it was cancelled in, in 1971 um, so through those 20-ish years um there was it was mostly working with the, with the Americans, um, and I think at one point we were trying to work with Europe, but we withdrew our support. We never were very 
glamorous about it. We were never competing uh, with the US or, or Russia in terms of uh, how many rockets we had, uh, because we didn't really have any, um, or, or the amount of satellites we're putting in orbit. There was never uh, any consideration of putting uh, any anyone in space or on the moon. Um, simply because uh, we didn't have the money to do it. Uh, I, I think it was very optimistic for us to, to have an independent space programme. I don't feel nostalgia about a lot of British history because it's overwhelmingly, really, did we do that? That's not good. Um, but I do have a bit of, I do romanticise the uh, space programme a little bit. There's something up there. The theory of the Black Knight um, is a real theory, so long as you put the word conspiracy in front of theory. Um, it's uh, this idea that there is an alien spacecraft uh, in orbit of the Earth, uh, in near polar orbit, and that uh, NASA uh, covered it up um, because reasons. Um, it's uh, there's, there's photographs that claim to be this object, and uh, the, it goes back to a uh, lovely tying-in of more recent Doctor Who, back to Nikola Tesla, who detected um, some uh, radio transmissions. And um, yeah, it's and I think there, there were some more of these mysterious radio transmissions. And then there were uh, uh, UFOologists, that word, what should I call them? Um, UFO people who were like, yes, that is that is. Uh, they've they've um, they'd spotted satellites um, prior to anyone any country actually launching uh, their own satellites, um, and it was also uh, the same kind of obvious thing was thought later to be a, a Soviet Soviet spy satellite, and um, I think there was at least one astronaut who went up who claimed to have seen it or something um if there's there's no proper evidence of it there's nothing that's that really confirms it any more than i don't know other ufo type things um and if there is something there it's um a bit of space debris of some sort it's a nice photograph though the one i saw it does look kind of impressive like um I don't know. It's, it, it doesn't look like a nice round asteroid thing. It's a sort of... Uh, you, you could think from a distance, ooh, that's a spaceship, I think. It's a nice theory, though. I, I um, Of all the conspiracy theories I've ever heard, uh, this is my favourite. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Black Knight into the search pane to journey into space in a distinctly 1950s style. Highly recommended. Time now for... Three dots and then... Listeners' emails. That's why you don't need three dots in order to send an email. It's purely <laughs> optional. Ellipsis, optional. I think, is the technical term. It is. It is. Um, and if you've seen, is it Casino Royale? That features quite heavily, doesn't it? The word ellipsis. Um, That's it. I seem to recall Daniel Cray seeing ellipsis written on a on a um, phone. Is that? Is that a Casino Royale? I think it's either Casino or Quantum. One of the two. I think it might be Quantum of Solace. Hmm. Which, controversially, I really like. James Bond. Almost everyone hates. Ellipsis is from... Yes. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Well, that's me 
Casino Wrong Hour. Oh, the Casino Wrong. Um, well, we've got one here um, yes. from uh, Louise. Uh, Louise says, be seeing you. Uh, I think we know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> Hi there, Nick and Benji. Long time listener of the podcast. First time writing in. Hooray! This is a bit outdated since I finished the series over Christmas, but I wanted to write in to say how amazed I was by Big Finish's The Prisoner. This is good. What what a fantastic reimagining of the show. In many ways, I enjoyed this version better than the original, and I was baffled when I put two and two together that you had written it all, Nick. What a fabulous job you did, managing to create a new story and world whilst also being faithful to the original. Mark Elstobs, Lucy Briggs-Owen and Sarah Powell were all three absolutely wonderful too. And the music was just sublime 60s goodness. That's yeah. uh, Jamie Robertson. Uh, would there ever be a possibility of a continuation of The Prisoner Range? Your cliffhanger left things very tantalising, Nick. <laughs> Thank you both and all the Big Finish family for all you do uh, and all the wonderful stories that you have given me. Be seeing you. Louise Die, it says here. Like high, but with a D. Oh, beautifully explained, Louise. Thank you. Very helpful. Um, that's really nice of you to say that. Uh, we had a ball doing it, and I really loved doing it. I felt that my my ending isn't much of a cliffhanger. It's kind of like the end, but I suppose it does allow for more. We don't have any plans for any, but uh, if you'd like to start a high-profile campaign in the national press, <laughs> the international press... Um, I'll be right behind you, Louise. Thank you. Next up, this one is from uh, Tony. Tony! <laughs> Tony, Tony Flyer. <laughs> and it's entitled The um, Second Tony Filer Email. Tony Filer, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, is a reviewer uh, who writes reviews of our stuff for various people. Uh, quite often, massmovement.co.uk. I do recommend you go to their site, actually. They, they've got... Yeah, they review all sorts of things. They're really interesting. And we think it's funny to say that Tony Filer, who spells his name F-Y-L-E-R, is the son of the fictional character Bill Filer in the 1971 Doctor Who story, The Claws of Axos. This is deep-rooted re- deep, deep <laughs> podcast lore here. This is really... really... It's not even spelt the same, and how can he be the son of a fictional character? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, luckily, uh, and, and also, bizarrely, Tony Filer's name has been mistyped several times in the review section as Tony Flyer, <laughs> which is just... Tony Flyer's yeah. Flying Circus. I don't know how that happens. A little slip of the fingers. Anyway, so this is a very cheeky email from Tony Filer. Uh, oh, and also Bill Filer in Claws of Axos, of if you didn't know, had a very poor American accent. But uh, at least he spoke like this, you know. The Axos. The Axos. What is that thing he thinks called must disseminate, must not disseminate <laughs> Axos. Uh, anyway, whatever he said, I don't know. Uh, uh, hello again, oh beating hearts of the big Finnish leviathan, says Tony with a cheeky smile. I put that bit in because I just thought that's how I he's imagine it. I can imagine it, yeah. Hope you're both doing well as the world appears to slide into chaos and nightmare. Oh, you're right. I should probably say uh, this isn't particularly an email for broadcast, though if you want to, you should feel entirely free, which I do, because it's just amusing me. This is just the only way I know of that reaches you both and doesn't require me to as the youth probably no longer say, 
say, slide into your DMs. <laughs> Personally, I make it a rule never to wear someone else's Doc Martens. But that, <laughs> like much else I say, is entirely irrelevant. Uh, the reason I'm writing is that the inevitable appears to be happening. Reviewers obviously love nothing more than the sound of their own voices. And so, under the auspices of massmovement.co.uk... I am in the process of starting up a podcast of my very own exclamation mark, still without a name, though thank you, Benji, for the flying cabinets. Tempting. <laughs> uh, if I tell you that both audio filer and the file light zone. <laughs> I love been, that. The file light zone is incredible. <laughs> been seriously considered. You could probably tell something shocking about what passes for wit around here. <laughs> it's likely to focus mostly on Doctor Who and assorted other geekery, mostly in in the audio medium because let's face it that's mostly what my life consists of in brackets an exclamation mark see what he did there <laughs> a bit punctuation read out Love it. naturally then there's going to be scads and scads of bf review content on it are you familiar with the term scads i have heard the term. yeah i have heard scads before i've never heard it scads and scads let's What's find scads? out the scads tony you've the- shocked me well, scads is in the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah. A large number of quantity. They raise God. scads of children. Never knew it. It's North American terrible. term, it says here. Informal North problem. American, yeah. Uh, that's your problem. <laughs> anyway, as such, the editor at Mass Movement, instinct- well, we want to know the name of the editor at Mass Movement. Instinctively understanding the whole episodes of me just wit- the whole episodes of me just wittering to myself would be incredibly bleeping dull throughout the suggestion why don't you get nick briggs on the first episode Mm -hmm. my response was of course i'll put that on my to-do list just after steal the crown jewels shall i (laughs) nick's a busy chap you know he's got oscillators to twiddle and space pirate reconstructions to give up on and awards to win and whatnot apologies naturally for the benji erasure in this dialogue shocking (laughs) shouldn't be allowed i'd complain if i were you he says Uh, anyway long story short i nicked the crown jewels not a word from her match eh? she's just got enough on her plate just now and so now i have to ask the question i obviously understand absolutely if this is a shot to nowhere but wondered if either of you independently or together would at some point fancy either a a bit of an audio lark and chat about bf past present and future for this new podcast or b something more serious i can get my proper reporter tie on if you like and ask probing questions about sound design storytelling multiverse whatnots two active first doctors two active tenth doctors <laughs> etc and other serious stuff as an incentive i can offer the chance to bring your machines and twiddle as many oscillators as as you like and hot and cold running bill filer gags little smiley emoji there i'll even binge listen to the sherlock holmes releases so we can discuss the latest audi win at the length it deserves if you like thanks gents for humoring a daft old reviewer and obviously keep up the brilliant work cheers tony the walking typo filer <laughs> uh, p.s yes simile had to do a find and replace on middlesbrough while writing the review of that fantastic piece of torture yeah we did discuss whether it should be whether it's it's actually Middlesbrough and not Middlesbrough um well I'll, I'll take that under advisement uh, Tony do you think we should pop up on this podcast I think it's I think it's the least we can do we've, yeah. we've t- Tony is is a huge part of the success of the Big Finish podcast yes the gag has been going be. for at least at least a year now um at least, at least a year uh, but he so, only replied recently. It's, it's amazing what the internet can do. So I, I would be more than happy for us I to mean, make an appearance. 
Yes. So, Tony, we'll talk about that. Um, I would say that I've been not doing many interviews recently because it just gets to a point, you know, here I am on the podcast, rabbiting on. It's true, isn't it? Just rabbiting. Rabbit, 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 rabbit. And you just think, you know, you don't want to go on too much, do you, really? Don't want to over-egg the pudding. Exactly. And I just don't want to appear on every because if i said yes to every opportunity that was asked to me to go and spew forth my spurious <laughs> views and information on stuff it would just be wall-to-wall nick briggs on the internet and i think i don't think that anyone's ready for that so what i'm saying tony is that if we're saying yes you should be really grateful because <laughs> <laughs> i'm hardly doing any interviews at all at the moment i'm saying no to all the conventions and I will, however, if uh, I can't get out of it, appear at Big Finish Day. So there we go. Well, Michael House has uh, got our last podcast uh, email here. The subject yes. of this one is, um, will you come on my podcast? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Your face, just for a split second there. Um, not again. <laughs> there's another one. Um, the subject of this one is Audi Awards belated congratulations. Um, to whom it may concern. No, thank you. Uh, as per the subject, belated congratulations on the latest audio drama award for Big Finish. Thank the you. seamstress of Peckham Rye had already supplanted the master of Blackstone Grange as my favourite Big Finish original Sherlock Holmes story. And now it has been justly recognised by the audiobook industry. I looked at the awards presentation video and I was even more impressed when I saw the competition that Big Finish faced this time round. Notwithstanding Audible being owned by Amazon uh, and thus likely having uh, much more money than Big Finish, certainly yes. enough to hire big name authors such as James Patterson to write original scripts for them, Big Finish triumphed again. Bravo! Be seeing you, Michael House from Tokyo, Japan. Ah, uh, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I think it does go to prove, doesn't it? Just that money isn't everything. You know, I, I dare say Audible have a lot more money than us. And uh, yeah. 100%, 100%. And so it was, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I really, uh, you know, someone, someone said to me, and he'll know who he is if he listens to the podcast, um, that modesty is dishonesty and that I shouldn't be modest about it. But I, I really, I mean, I'm not modest in the sense that I think there seems to have peck and rise an excellent piece of work. And I'm, you know, I, I think I acquitted myself fairly honourably in it. But, uh, uh, you know, everyone did fantastic work in it. Brilliant script, brilliant sound design, Benji. Thank you, thank you. Music from Jamie Robertson and, and Ken directing it so well. And, you know, great organisational stuff from Emma, Emma Haig producing uh you know a brilliant job and richard earl well, well i just love richard and i love working with him love you know? lovely chap and and just a wonderful voice and brilliant a wonderful character wonderful character in that as well you know i i i mean dr watson you know is always the the, the storyteller in these things but you yes. really you really get to the emotion of the character and the situation he's in and it's a wonderful way of transporting you to that time um, he is an amazing actor and you know just before the whole pandemic thing I was lucky enough to go and see him in a stage show of a sort of uh, you know outrageous farce and he was amazing in it I mean really really 
breathtaking and he's so uh, and hopefully uh, well, it's a helicopter coming over probably Richard Earl is going to land <laughs> in my garden the, Hello, award's, the award's gone to his head he says and I only travel by helicopter now <laughs> I heard you talking about me thought I'd just drop in <laughs> what posh people do isn't it I remember being in a restaurant down on the coast near here once and a helicopter landed right outside the restaurant a bloke got out and just came in and had a meal he booked a table and everything and just came over from Southampton in his helicopter it was a funny little blue thing as well well why not if you can then do I mean the thing about the Sherlock Holmes that that I'm really pleased about is that it was recorded really early on in the pandemic Mm. wasn't Mm. it and so it was it was quite a um, quite a logistic triumph to to be able to actually get it to a point where it's won an award because i think when we were putting it together it was sort of there was a lot on a technical point there was a lot of um audio correction work in there uh going back and forth wasn't it to get it to all kind of work together um and it just goes to prove that you know even even in crazy conditions such as lockdown and stuff like that the quality of the content the story and everything about everything about it the full package i'm just so pleased that that it was, was recognised. Well, yeah. So my, you know, false modesty, as it were, dishonesty, is to do with the fact that I thought the competition was so high profile mm. that we didn't stand a chance, really. I thought, you know, Sherlock Holmes, sort of old-fashioned kind of drama, traditional stuff, but no. Uh, I'll stop going on about it now because the false modesty is probably making people feel <laughs> a little bit bilious. Um, that is actually it for the emails this week it's done. I don't really know. so send so goes, some more so in so should we give people a particular question to answer in next yeah shall I do random question the, yeah over the next couple of weeks random uh, question generator but don't forget to send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com um, that's uh, an email address you should have but come on have you got a question ah, okay oh. so yes. is it if you could live in a book, a TV show, or a movie, what would it be? But I'm going to say, you can't say Doctor Who, because obviously everybody will say Doctor Who. Um, I wouldn't, uh, because you just get exterminated. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah let's, let's, let's be honest here. That's a good question, though. Yeah, so yeah, please, okay. please write in. There Bonus points if somebody says something really, really amusing, like uh, Albion Market or El Dorado. <laughs> or, Yes, I'd like to live in El Dorado because it's nice and warm. Well, it's uh, interesting. Lots to be, lot to be said for that. Yeah. Uh, well, the Randomoids Electron is now up and running, standing uh-huh. by to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Excellent. And that's coming up soon. But before that, it's time for Also Available. And we hop back in time a little to investigate Space 1999 Earthbound. We had a look at the episode Mooncatcher a few weeks ago. Now time to delve into the episode entitled Earthbound itself. My name is Maria Teresa Creasy and I play Dr. Helena Russell. My name's Tim Bentink and I play Commissioner Simmons. Why should we have to live a life devoid of hope? In short, we must free Moonbase Alpha from the tyranny of John Koenig. We are on another journey through space and there's questions of power and leadership and it feels very topical in terms of where we sit in the world at this exact moment in time. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like being in Brexit. I actually was in a play called Brexit, playing the Prime Minister, and, the, and there are echoes of this. It's about populism, it's about conspiracy theories, it's about a society split right down the middle with very, very important decisions to make. My name is Ian Meadows. I am the sound designer for Space 1999 and, on this occasion, writer for Space 1999. Come on, Silence! You know we all accepted the vote. Nearly half of us didn't like it, but we are working day and night to deliver your impossible dream. But you know what the problem is? Reality. Uh, the chance to adapt Earthbound, uh, uh, amazing what an episode, is probably one of the most memorable episodes in the in the entire run, I think, at least in the first series. And I think when David said, how do you feel about writing for Space 1999? Because I sort of pestered a bit, really, and thought, well, you know, I've... I've I've, I've written, I've written stuff, you know, and I've written stuff that's, uh, you know, picked up the odd gong here and there. And I thought, well, you know, could I, could I, should I be cheeky? And I thought, well, if you don't ask, you don't get. And then when David said, um, would you like to write for Space 1999? I think my answer was, yeah, I'll bite your hand off there. Thank you very much. And then Earthbound, wow, you know, what an episode. My name is Mark Bonner and I play Commander John Koenig. I'm just asking you to listen. This is not a democracy, Simmons. No, it isn't. He kind of reveals the problem in an emotional moment when he says um, it's not a democracy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that kind of it spells the problem with, uh, you know, a, a kind of essentially militaristic style of, of uh, you know, which works fine when it's a moon base connected to the Earth. When you come out and you do your duty for blah, 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 you need a commander in charge, you know, but um, when essentially they're the last bunch of uh, humans in existence, as far as we know, um, it becomes a bit more problematic after a while because why should it only be you that gets a say? <laughs> There is that moment as well where, where Koenig makes the decision for absolutely everybody with very little in the way of consultation, right? Well, you know, we're in outer space now and we're going forwards into outer space. And they they never really sort of examine what it might be like to go back to Earth seriously. And so, of course, Simmons, being a politician, um, this is the chance to show how dangerous being a politician can sometimes be if you've got the wrong person in a position of power. And I think Simmons is is the wrong person. Simmons is somebody who has his own interests always at heart. You know, he wanted to go to Meta because, of course, that would make him look good and it would be a victory for him. And, of course, he wants to, to go back to Earth because, of course, back on Earth... He's everything, whereas on Alpha he's nothing. So, you know, he's he's a dangerous person to have around. And finally, here is a situation where he can start manipulating and uh, and doing what, what I suppose a lot of politicians do, and that is getting people's feelings riled and uh, dividing and conquering that way. It's always an absolute joy getting back to John Koenig and with Nick at the helm as well. We, you know, I mean, he understands the story so well, so um, can point me in the right direction. When is, as often is the case, I'm not going in the right direction, but um, it's always a joy to do Space 1999. I mean, it's kind of well documented that it was one of the programmes from my youth that I loved. And, um, you know, I still have Martin Landau in my mind's eye several times a day if if I'm having trouble finding him I just have a wee check in with Martin 
and he shows me the way. <laughs> he shows me the way. But no, I do. I do literally. I, I sort of think, wait a minute, what would Martin Landa do? Oh yeah, okay, and uh, do it. So yeah, it's all, it's always uh, a, a real pleasure. You know, in any group of people, and particularly with actors in a, in a company, they say there's always one. And if you don't know who the one is, it's you. And that means that there's always one that people talk about behind their back and that isn't really liked. And Simmons is the guy who isn't really liked. I mean, without Simmons, everybody would get along, which doesn't, it's not good for, for drama you know conflict drama is about conflict and so Simmons provides that conflict kind of <laughs> almost in every single thing that he does so in that way he he's the annoying one that you all want to go oh for heaven's sake stop saying that <laughs> Koenig's view of Simmons is um, that he's a, a thorn in his side it feels like if Simmons could just stop with the grandstanding and the if he if he could let that insecure part of him go, which is always trying to gain one-upsmanship or profess that he knows more about certain situations or gain followers of some kind or another, if he if he could just let that part of him go, I think Koenig suspects they might actually get on quite well. I think he's very insecure and he's and he's combined with sort of short. Temper, short fused, and kind of impulsive, and I think he's kind of all the things that Koenig sort of isn't. But um, yeah, he, I, I still think that Koenig feels that Simmons might be a useful ally somewhere down the line if if they can kind of work around each other in a constructive way, rather than Simmons always sticking his oar in and trying to involve himself in what Koenig sees as none of his business. When it came to looking at uh, the adaptation, and there was a chance to be a bit more nuanced, really. Because if you drill down into it, Simmons, whilst he's been sort of comic relief up till this point, and he's not coping very well in outer space and everything that's being thrown at him, the other side of the equation is that he is slowly losing ground to Koenig. And for a man who's used to having station, a man who's used to being the ranking officer, to actually not really have the respect of the rest of the crew, they don't like him, they don't really want him there. How do you get power back? Just go to bigfinish.com and type earthbound, all one word, E-A-R-T-H-B-O-U-N-D, into the search pane at the top to catch up with Moonbase Alpha and its crew of lost souls. <laughs> Who do a lot of whistling. Well, just a reminder that it'll soon be time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood, The Black Knight. But before that... It's the Randomoid Selectatron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Okay, Benji, what have we got? Well, goody goody gumdrops. I'm quite pleased with this Ooh, one. Goody it's goody gumdrops. Um, I like that. Oh, I haven't said that in a long time. No, I 1963 The Assassination Games by John oh. Dorney. Um, a rocking piece, Seventh game. Doctor, uh, Ace, and also um, our beloved friends, Countermeasure Crew. Uh, always got a soft spot for them. They were the first uh, first big finish I ever did was a, a box set of countermeasures. So always going to be loyal to 
from a countermeasures crew. And this was celebrating, helping to celebrate the 50th anniversary. You can see the 50th anniversary uh, Doctor Who logo they did with uh, the Heritage Doctor Who logo with the sort of original title sequence in the middle of it. Is it or was that the Patrick Charlton one? I can't tell. Patrick Trotton. Um. <laughs> Patrick Trotton. That's Patrick the uh, automatic Trotton. speech thing. Anyway, here's the trailer. Doctor Who. 1963 The Assassination Games Starfire, what a needlessly melodramatic name. Something the matter, Gilmore? Oh, um, uh, nothing, nothing, Sir Deadly. Come along, man, spit it out. If you really want to know, sir, everything. Mutually assured destruction is a powerful threat, but that's its very problem. No one truly believes another country will voluntarily take an action leading to its own inevitable destruction. But an action, it will survive. Well, that's a different matter. If nothing else, it's a huge leap of technology. Well, I am a minor level genius. T minus five minutes. I might be able to get around it, but it'll take time. Even then, it's not certain. Use this. What is it? One of the doctor's gizmos. That'll distract the system. If you say so. And it appears to work. Wicked. Minus two minutes. You're going to kill millions! I, I don't want people to die! What did you think your missile does? Smack the enemy on the bottom and issue a stern reprimand? T-minus one minute. You've got me here. I think I deserve some answers. Why don't you tell me what's going on? You know, Group Captain? T-minus 30 seconds. I've absolutely no idea. Mess with us and the flames of heaven will rain down upon you. Hence the missile's name. I've taken the fires of the gods themselves. You're a modern Prometheus. Quiet. I just blow things up. Though I'd prefer it if you didn't feel the urge to blow up a nuclear missile. Who are you? No one of consequence. Whoever you are, you are out of your depth. You're a dead man. You might very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. I think you'll find that's victory. Thanks for playing. Better luck next time. How fantastic. What a great, what great fun. Amazing. Um, one it? thing I will always say about our countermeasures crew, which are fantastic, uh, you know, Simon Williams as Ian Chunky Gilmore, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Pamela Salem as Rachel Jensen. Um, of course, you've got uh, Alison Williams, Karen Gledhill. Um, but bringing in Hugh Ross to play Sir Toby Kinsella, mm. uh, I just thought it was a real strike of, strike of genius. It just really helps to... Um, really helps to kind of bring everybody together it creates like this really rounded sort of team feeling and i've always i always really liked like that about countermeasures and hugh's so lovely and such a classy actor great voice as well Brilliant great voice yeah yeah so there we are counter and of course i used to do all the music for countermeasures so i, I miss it greatly <laughs> Uh, and and how I think Howard Carter did the music for this, so it's the only bit of countermeasures that I didn't do. The Wilfredo music for. on this, Wilfredo, Wilfredo Costa. did it. Wow, okay, that's me corrected. Um, I uh, I think when we did in, I think it was leg, was it Legacy of Time? Yeah, uh, there's a countermeasures episode in that, but I did the music for it. So you got to go back to yeah, I just. I Lots of flute. I just annoyed everyone. I said, "No, I'm doing that." No, um, no, I'm doing that. 
Listen, while I email uh, Jackie Emery or Sue Cowder, or indeed both of them at Big Finish, uh, to make sure that they know uh, which release to attach to the offer, Benji, please explain how people get the 25% discount from the Randomoid Selectortron. Well, it's it's a dream. It's not a difficult thing. Wake it's, up! It's all you need to do. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I was dreaming about cheese. Um, I did have a dream oh, last week that I I dreamt that I had a wedge of cheese tattooed on my ankle. Um, <laughs> why? I have no idea. Um, if you want to get your hands on this wonderful bit of discount, all you need to do is go to bigfinish.com. Once you're on there, go across on the menu to podcasts. Once you're on the podcast page, it will have the latest podcast from Big Finish and it will have a little red button that says read more. Once you want to read more, uh, if you go into the blurb, once you've clicked that, it will say just click here and enter the code buck up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, no spaces, no punctuation, no complication. Enter that in, you'll receive 25% off. Great way to build it, be collection. You just can't knock it. You can't knock it. Don't knock it. Um, no, don't knock it. It's, it's, you know, it's a bit rickety sometimes. Um, <laughs> but just do it, get it, and enjoy. Enjoy. Well, well done, Ran. I think we rather enjoyed that. Uh, once again, you leave me humbled by your inspiring choices. Mm. Uh, next week's podcast is entitled RTD Hodiak and features the return of Russell T Davies to Doctor Who before he actually returned to Doctor Who, if you see what I mean, with the first Doctor Who script he ever wrote, adapted for audio by Scott Hancock. Naturally, Russell himself features in the podcast, so don't miss it. Yes, it's the mind of the Hodiak we're talking about. I feel like that's a very Russell thing, isn't it? Uh, to say Russell's returning to Doctor Who before he's returned to Doctor Who. It's just yes. such a wonderful little bit of Doctor Who there, isn't it? Totally. Um, I love it. Uh, well, just, just time now to thank you all once again for listening and continuing to support our audio endeavours. Please, whatever you do, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe right. and pass the word around about Big finish because big finish what do we say nick we say we're for the love of stories and most people would like to rate review and subscribe i think you'll find do your rrs that's what i say time now for torchwood the black knight by Elizabeth miles and starring samuel barnett as norton fulgate Party. It would have been. Oh, cheese and pickle rolls. Shame to see him go to waste. Help yourself. Go home, then. You're exhausted. I need to be ready for those miserable men from Whitehall. They're just doing their jobs, same as us. And they're going to blame me. Again. I've gone over every one of my calculations. They're flawless. It's all about your reputation. This wasn't my fault. It should have worked. If you'd got the okay for a manned flight today, I'd have been the one piloting. Freddy, I'm... I'm sorry. I hadn't forgotten that. Yes, you had. One calamity! 
calamity after another, Miss Sharman. I've gone through the figures with you. The problem is not with the design of my rocket, nor can we find any human error. Therefore, the answer must lie elsewhere. Well, my dear, I'm no physicist. You certainly have a lot of numbers there, but it's time to deal with the cold, hard reality of the situation. These numbers are the reality. Oxford graduate, were you? Yes. So? Well, I've no objection to a woman having a university education, but I've always thought it odd letting you into the sciences. Yet here I am. And look what's happened. It was a successful takeoff. The problems only started when the rocket hit the edge of the magnetosphere. The what? The outermost layer of the atmosphere. Whatever, it's all academic now, young lady. I'm shutting your project down. You can't. Every Viola rocket has been destroyed at some point in the magnetosphere. I'm saying there's something out there I didn't account for. If I can identify it, I can compensate for it. Let me try to find out what it is. Brought you a coffee. Hmm? Thought you might need it. I should be bringing you a peace offering. Well, I'm very forgiving. Can't be easy packing all this up. Mm, that's good coffee. And I'm not packing up. What? Sir Christopher's giving me one last chance to prove my theory to the inquiry. Talked about the quality of mercy, but really, I think he just wants to watch me fall on my face. They're, um, shipping me over to West Germany. Mm-hmm. It's a promotion. Oh, huh. congratulations. Lynn, it's over. I'm being redeployed, and you will be too. Viola Rocket Project may be over, but brain like yours? They won't let that go to waste. Freddy, when I fail, I don't get forgiven. But I'm going to show them. There's something up there. And here it is, gentlemen. An object detected by our space telescopes in polar orbit at the edge of the magnetosphere. It's an asteroid, about 4,000 feet in length. I've dubbed it the Black Knight. An asteroid? And? Within seconds of each of our launches, this object shifted position. Minutely, I admit, but the timing is suspect. Exactly what are you suggesting, Miss Sharman? As I said, there may be no correlation, but the shifts in the asteroid's position correlate to a massive sudden radiation burst from the rocket's nuclear engines. A, a weapon? Those shifts cannot be natural. So this Black Knight is what? Aliens? Russians? It's worth investigating further. Really? Before there's another launch. Your project's over, dear lady. I mean before anyone tries another launch. There is an object in orbit that is stopping us from leaving this planet. I see. Absurd, madam. At some point you'll have to take responsibility for your own failures. My car is waiting. Good day, gentlemen. Waste of time. 
careful. That might hurt someone. I'm sorry. I... I thought I was alone. In a room like this, I like to keep a low profile. At the back of the class. Norton Folgate, pleased to meet you. Really? How many people are these days? Oh, I'm a big admirer. And I believe every word you said. Please, have a seat. Sorry about the mess. I've been... Uh... Busy? Cheese rolls. Y yesterday's cheese rolls. Ah. To celebrate the um, successful launch. But there's fresh coffee. But is it good? Mmm, this is very impressive. Y you believe me? Yes. You're a physicist? No, but I can get you clearance for another rocket launch within 24 hours. Come off it. You're not the government. Who do you work for? People who are very interested in what you've uncovered. Torchwood. We look out for Britain's best interests. <laughs> Sorry. You waltz in in shining armour, saying you believe me and that there's something out there and, and that you'll give my rocket another chance. Forgive me if I'm sceptical. I've been watching you for a while, Professor Lynn Sharman. And I'm happy to prove myself. Let me arrange that launch. And we'll need to get Jane back to go over the atmospheric projections for the launch. You really think he can do all this? He's arranging everything. Sir Christopher blew his top, so Norton took him off for a walk, and now Sir Christopher's terrified of him. Hmm. Hmm? He's got my back, Freddy. But who is he? Where's he from? Freddy! He listened. He believed me. All I know is that thanks to him, I'm going to prove that the Black Knight is real. Mind if I join you? Uh, of course. Norton, this is Freddy. He'll be the pilot on the mission. Lovely to meet you, Freddy. You're the man who can suddenly make everything happen. Yes. Yes, I am. Is this mashed turnip? Hmm. You can tell a lot about the faith the government has in a project by the state of the canteen. Clearly. So, I have news. Good or bad? Mm, depends. Of your astronauts, Barker's sick and McDonald's refusing point-blank to go up. So it's just me. Those rockets need a three-man crew. Lynn, it's over. Like, trained astronauts are hard to come by. Well, I'm not one to brag. No. You? Yes. Torchwood aren't as narrow-minded about who can go into space. Convenient, that's all. For you, yes. And Lynn, your file says you're not only a rocket scientist, but you've done astronaut training. That's what we call a double threat. Well, yes. Sir Christopher said it wasn't possible for a woman to endure the training, so I did it to prove I could... Wait. You can't be suggesting. Lynn, no. Lynn, this black knight, how much do you want to find it? a long way up. You shouldn't have built such a tall rocket. In about an hour, the view is going to be even better. Yeah. You don't have to do this. You think I'm going to chicken out now? We can wait. Get someone else. It's not too late. <laughs> I think it is. Yes. 
I suppose it is. Oh, here comes Freddy. He doesn't like me. Freddy! Then oh. I don't think I've ever seen that particular expression on your face before. What expression? Like you really regret eating breakfast. I'm fine, thank you. Let's go find the Black Knight before someone else does. At least if that nuclear reaction of yours goes wrong, it'll be over too quickly for any of us to feel a thing. The nuclear engines only come online when we reach orbit. How cosy this is. Oh, this is going to be fun. Sell down, people. We've safety checks to get through. Hmm. Rocket Viola, this is mission control. All stations verify ready. Acknowledged. Control. Onboard computers confirm ready. Flight recorders are activated. T-minus 50 seconds and counting. Activating auxiliary power units. Crew visors are closed and locked. Lynn? Yes, yes, I've got it. Love these suits, by the way. Viola is now on internal power only. T-minus 20 seconds and counting. I can't believe I'm doing this. So we'd like to back out now. 15 seconds. You're going to love it. <laughs> Burn-off system activated. 10. Nine, eight, seven, six. Rocket's ignition five, sequence four, started. Three, Here we go. Two, one, blast off. Good <laughs> Lift off. We have lift off on Rocket Viola. The course is good. Velocity's a little fast. It's meant to be. I adjusted the chemical propellant mix. Oh, do you mention this now? <laughs> I'm sure it was in the briefing notes somewhere. There wasn't a lot of time for testing. There wasn't any time. It will work, Freddy. You're the professor. Oh. Scream if you want to go faster. Oh. <laughs> Velocity still increasing. How fast is this thing going to go, Lynn? Lynn. I'm sure it was worth in training. Will we? Lynn. Rocket Viola, can you confirm status? Come in, please. Respond, Viola. 